With a Texas twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2, 19. And I'm sitting together with Anna Crafty. <laughs> Listen to me. You know, made Anna name. Crafty Pierce. <laughs> yeah today and we're going to be talking about oral family histories so i love this topic and we have done a few things that are kind of related on us so i'm going to just call those out so i don't forget to include them in the blog like for instance we did a thing on how do you can use scrapbooking to help your child learn to tell their own story and we call that memoirs so you can find that on camp crafty or kathycrafty.com K-R-A-F is in Frank, B is in Victor, E is in uh, Edward. Sorry, I'm reading my notes and saying stuff. Dot com. Okay. And then we also talked about when we did the episode on hymns and poetry, we talked about rhythm and how rhythm can help your child learn to read. And so I wanted to just uh, talk a little bit today about the rhythm of storytelling, Anna. But do you want to start with a quote, a Bible verse, a story? Where would you like to begin? I want to start because the idea of rhythm intrigues me and the fact that it is both a very definite thing, like a rhythm in a song where it has a pattern and the pattern repeats regularly and quickly. And then it's also a slower thing like seasons. Yeah. And with kids, I mean, stories have rhythm. They, they have plots that arc. We actually describe it as a visual thing in arc, but also, um, my kids in our lives, we have rhythms of the stories themselves where for a little while in our life, they'll ask for the same story oh. every day or, oh. or two or three times a day because they just heard it from us and it it's interesting and engages them in something. Oh. I remember asking one of the neighbor guys in our neighborhood growing up, who's like an uncle. He's so dear to my heart still. It always surprises him when I give him the biggest hug still. Um, he would tell us stories about creatures. And it's how I learned to like snakes and appreciate turtles and understand how kind of the natural world around me functioned in part was because of his storytelling. And we would ask him for the same stories, the same little vignettes that he made up about like explaining to us how creatures worked over and over again in childhood. I know. Exactly, had a rhythm. I know exactly who you're talking about because he talked about the snakes, the water snakes, not the poisonous ones, the water snakes going in circles around a full moon. In, in at night. And I still don't know if that's true or if he just has that good of storytelling skills that I don't know, but it did make me appreciate snakes. I quit being afraid of them. He, he intrigued us with his knowledge of nature and his vivid descriptions of how it functioned as kids and inspired us. We made some of the funniest stories ourselves in his yard with his sons. One of them we were making, what was it? It was an advertisement for a shrinking compound. And, and the boys, they were geniuses. We had a video camera and they, what they did 
is they put an empty turtle shell they found on a box, like a big wooden, it probably had the sprinkler system hidden in it or something. And they pretended like they, you know, they walked in front of the camera themselves and talked and talked about, I think it was a shrinking potion. I'll have to ask. And then they cut to the turtle shell on the box and they, you couldn't see them shaking the box, but they voiced someone stuck tiny inside the turtle shell. <laughs> and that's how we told the story of this advertisement we created for some kind of, I don't know, magic potion of some sort. And, uh, but using the turtle shell and what we found around us and we were, I'm sure, inspired by his stories. I love that. <laughs> but you know what, what's so great about this. So we're talking about how to help your kids that are reading ad adverse. They don't like to read. And, and you're talking about boys and those boys in particular, they were so um, geniusy about everything science related and so forth. And they hated to sit still in school you could hardly get those boys to read a book. Their boy, could they tell a story? And their mom would tell them they had to do homework before they could play with us. So we would walk down the hill to their house and we would help them with their homework, not doing it for them, mind you, whatever their mother would let us do to encourage them to get the homework done so they could come play because they were so much fun. Well, that's interesting. And they're great dads now. So we, we really love that family and just a shout out to them. So I want to talk a little bit about storytelling with you since you're a teacher and an artist and you're a young mom your kids are just amazing I want to talk a little bit about how the stories that we pass on in our families have their own rhythm from generation to the next and how that helps a child not only develop a love and a respect for their family and the things that the elders went through but also gives them a chance to really appreciate other people's stories. So talk to me a little bit about storytelling and how that works. I love the fact, as you were stating that series of things that I find to be all very true, maybe other people have a different perspective. I was raised by you, but I agree <laughs> with everything you just said. Okay. And I also love the idea that my grandparents told me stories about their childhood or about their parents. They were much older than me. So not only did it where they, they were family stories, but they also bridged an age gap. Yeah. It's really cool because in the, in the interim, I learned those stories because once again, I asked for them over and over again. So after learning those stories and having them in my brain and enjoying them from my grandparents, as I have gotten older and have my life experience, as I come across, for example, ridiculous things that happen, I am less likely to fall into a mindset of, oh, poor me, this, this crazy thing, my day went awry, it's not expected, and more likely to perceive it in that story format. My oh. grandparents used to laugh at themselves when they would tell us stories about their yes. past yes, because it no longer affected their immediate life. They could see it in a broader perspective. And so having seen them do that and model that for me, it yeah. helps in the moment when life is falling apart to be aware that there, at some point there will be a broader perspective for this really annoying, awful moment I'm living right now. <laughs> okay, so you're you're really bringing up a great point, Anna, and that is we need to be the hero of our own stories. And sometimes that means telling, if we want our kids to feel like they're the hero of their own story, then we need to help them understand that our stories have low points. And we get beyond that, we're not victims. Yeah, sometimes people do take advantage of us, of course, they hurt us. We all know we all have stories like that, but we don't stay there. We don't, we don't live in victimhood. And oh. that's what I liked about the way my parents told a story. Me too. And also what I've learned being married. Yeah. So my dear in-laws, you know, different culture, culture I was attracted to. I married my husband. They love stories too, but they do it a little differently. They 
it's less likely that I'm going to hear them tell a story from long ago in their family. It's going to be them laughing about the recent thing that has, oh, you yeah, know, they the are. unexpected. Yeah. They're good at laughing at themselves. And they taught me to identify the low point oh. of a day or a trip or a week or a month or a year. Because if you identify the low point, then it is a moment and, and it doesn't have to define the next moment. Wow. It's so cool. And I often, when I'm speaking, I often tell people now, your story's not over. You're still writing it. Today, you get to write a different ending. And you know that when they talk about plot, there is exposition. I'm actually looking this up to make sure I say I'm right, <laughs> which is all the characters and story and, and the beginning. Yeah. And then this is what we're talking about, rising action, where things go wrong. And then there's the climax, which everybody uses that word. Right. The big, main, dramatic part. And then falling action, where things start to be resolved. And then the resolution. I love that. And I'm, I'm just going to shout out. I have so many great friends that write fiction. So in this blog, when I put it out there, I'll try to remember to put, you know, a heads, a little shout out to some of my fiction writing friends. So y'all can find some of my favorite authors that write fiction. I love fiction writing and I do know about that arc. I try to include that in my own nonfiction writing. And so I think that's one reason I was able to get a publisher when I would not published anything and people thought I was crazy, <laughs> but I knew how to tell a story. And I did try to include a lot of stories in my work because I like what Brene Brown says about this. Let me read that to you. Um, we're wired for story in a culture of scarcity and perfectionism there's a surprisingly simple reason we want to own, integrate, and share our stories of struggle. We do this because we feel, I have to turn the page, sorry. Oh, these pages are stuck together today. We feel the most alive when we are connecting with others and being brave with our stories. It's in our biology. That's from Brene Brown, Rising Strong, The Reckoning, The Rumble, The Revolution. Anyway, I like her writing I, and I love her commitment to storytelling. It makes me so happy to read her stuff for that reason. Um, okay, so Anna, how does this help us? I think, I mean, since we're talking in the context of reading and especially in the winter when there, you have several months ahead of you where you can really just pull up to the fire and engage your kids in storytelling, I really love this idea of telling family oral histories. I want to talk about more about that when we come back from the break. But I also want to just finish this first segment by saying, I think storytelling helps your prepare your children for reading as anytime, anytime you begin to have this whole storytelling mentality and sharing the history of your family in story form, your kids develop a respect for a history that a respect for the people that came ahead of them, an ability to laugh at themselves, an ability to not stay put in victimhood, but really move out of that into power and being the hero of their own story. So I think that sets them up to really want to read, don't you? Well, it happened with my brother. That's we found, true. We found the story he loved. He heard them orally. And even from television with his grandpa, he fell in love with John Wayne and Westerns. That's true. And the next thing we knew, the minute he could read, it took him a little longer because he had to overcome dyslexia and dysgraphia. But the minute he could read, all he wanted to do was pick up Western novels and hear the stories of the Old West. Yeah. And then he wrote one when he was like nine years old. So he's kind of amazing in that way. And that was that was a lot of that had to do with those storytelling, because my dad was such a storyteller and William loved to sit and listen to his grandfather tell stories. And dad was so good about it. He was so generous. Whenever we asked for a story, he would always just think for a minute 
and come up with one. And they were always funny because he just said he loved to laugh. He loved <laughs> to make people laugh. Doc, he was awesome that way. <laughs> it's so true. I, I don't know that we're as gifted as he was, but it is fun to, it, it, it is a skill you can pass in your family. And if you don't feel like you're equipped to do that, it's okay. When we come back, we're going to give you some ideas about how to equip your children to be great storytellers. And before we do that, I want to say find all this on Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. And we will be right back. We love you so much. We're glad you're with us. don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Help me, TogiNet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations, life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, my 
Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where truth and Texas twang meet. I saw miles and miles of Texas. Hey, welcome back. We're I'm talking to Anna Craffy Pierce, and we're talking about how handing down family stories does so much for your children. Like you can teach them the family values that you want them to have. Like we love to talk about strong women, my grandmothers and different people in our family, because we really want the girls to know they can be strong in our family. And so there's things like that we do. But before we went to the break, we said uh, we would help you with some ideas about how to help your child learn the value of a good story and how to tell them. So Anna, I'm going to turn that over to you because you had some great ideas about that. Well, if your goal, first off, on the strong women front uh, and stories <laughs> associated with things. So just a little rabbit trail. I My name is Anna Elizabeth Craffy Pierce. And I'm adding my middle name, my maiden name in there, even though it's not legally on my name anymore, because they all have meaning. And the reason each of my names have meaning for me is because I was told the story of my names. Mm. I'm named, my first name is for my great-grandmother. And it is spelled wrong because my parents gave me the American British version. She was Anna because she was Swedish. And they called me Anna in front of her. And I told them at three, it was Anna, not Anna. And then, and she came over to the United States from Sweden when she was very, very, very young because she was one of many children. And I learned that about my name and adopted the idea that I was capable in part because I was told I was like her. Yes. And and she had a feisty spirit, I have been told my whole yes. life. And I've always wanted to be like her. It's such a dear gift. I was given that story. Yeah, that is an amazing story. We won't go into it today, but but we do have some beautiful stories about immigrating here from other countries. But then, okay, so telling stories with children. I love when my kids start a story, I love to ask them questions because they're still learning. And often stories, they start a story and it just kind of tapers out without an ending. So whenever they start a story or song they made up, I always say, well, is it going to have a strong ending? Oh. Am I going to be excited to hear the ending? Because that gets them thinking about the ending so it doesn't go on forever. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and they yeah. don't repeat themselves too many times. And then I like to ask questions. And I learned this one teaching junior high kids. Is it your story to tell? Oh, good. That's a good question. And who is the hero of the story? Those are, those are questions that I find to be very important. As kids yes. are telling stories, who is it your story to tell first before they get too far in so that they can learn to distinguish between what is gossip and what is them sharing truth about their own lives? Yes. And then and, and you can tell other people's story if you have their permission. Right. And then and it's good to ask and learn to ask. And then I love to ask who the hero is, because then they love to describe the hero to me. And we start we get into the nuances of what makes someone heroic. Oh, I love and so that. that's fun. Yeah. And there's always that mo that moment when, you know, that low moment in a story where it's just not going the way you expect it to. And and I love I love the idea that we teach our kids to get from there to the climax, to the successful, victorious, strong moment in a story. I just think that's so important. And so what I love about that is if you teach your children to love the stories from your own family, when they grow up and go to school or, or open a textbook and they discover that many people immigrated from farms in Europe because the families could not afford to feed their children. So then instead of it just being a fact that doesn't make sense, suddenly they're referencing their own family 
and comparing and contrasting that to their own experience. And as they tell you made up stories or as you tell family stories and they ask you questions, they'll learn the questions, not yeah. just the story. So then when their friend says, oh, my mom is not an American citizen. I was born here, but my mom is ha, is working through her immigration steps and, yeah. and papers still. Your kid will know to say, oh, my family came to the United States too. Where did you come from? They'll know to start asking the story, asking the questions to draw out the friend's story. I love that. And then also the idea that you're the, that person that you're telling, you know, the friend is talking about their parent. Well, that parent is the hero of that story. And your child has that perspective. Really, Anna, that's great stuff. I love that. My dear, wonderful uh, daughter this week, when she was at her dear, her, she's young. So it's, we're beginning team sports and we're doing swim this summer. And as she was at swim this summer, she walked up to another little girl and introduced herself and told her she'd seen her swimming in their team swim meet and oh. asked her some questions. And, and it was so, I was so proud of her because she felt capable of engaging with another human being and, and it being part of their story. I it was just it. very cool. So it, I love that it's working. It's hard work to listen to the stories she wants to tell me some days about fairies. Today, <laughs> it was a story about vines where you ate a berry and it, took over and then it spread to other creatures and soon the whole yard was covered in vines and oh, wow. we got to where we were going before it had a resolution. I don't know how that story ends, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's working. Listening and asking questions of her is working. Okay. I want to talk about discernment because that's one of the things that I think goes with this so well. When you get good at telling stories and you get good at appreciating history, the stories that make up our history, and you share that with your children, then you're teaching them to be discerned, to, to have discernment. So what we're, de we're defining discerning this way today, the ability to process wisely all the information coming at us. I mean, we're living in a culture where there's stories all over the place and some of them are false and some of them are true. And we have to teach our kids to know which ones are which. So um, we're going to run out of time. So this is this is well, a big topic here. As a parent, it also applies to parents. Because it's hard to not accuse your kids of lying. You don't want to accuse your kids of lying, falsely accuse them. But then you also need to hold them accountable to say what's true. Yeah. And so storytelling is a great vehicle for teaching your kids to speak truth. Because right. like her sweet little vine story this morning, uh -huh. she started telling it like it was a true story that happened to one of her friends. I love it. <laughs> and so I said, had to say, hey, dear heart, dear one, I love you. That doesn't sound like something that really happened to me. Well, but, and it, she backed off a little. And I said, really? And I just waited. And she goes, well, okay. And so I instructed her. I said, well, you could tell me what really happened to this little boy that he shared with you. And then you could say, and mama, I'm going to be inspired by that. And here's the story that I want to tell you. Uh -huh. And now you've told me both stories and they're both true. And you're telling me something really interesting that I want to hear, but you've given me the true context for it so I can truly enjoy it. I love that so <laughs> much. I did not know when we started, we decided we were going to talk about oral family histories that we were going to get this good practical information about teaching your children to discern in this crazy culture we're living in. Lying is hard. And as a parent, it kills me when I falsely accuse them because sometimes they come to me with something crazy and it turns out to be true. I know that's a big deal. But I also know that it's a pitfall. Like if she had stuck with her behind her story and told me it was true and repeated it the same way in her heart, the lie would have become true and she wouldn't have been able to escape it. 
Yeah. So stories are a great vehicle for starting to negotiate. That is what I'm discovering. Well, I'm that on the is, front end of it, but we'll see. <laughs> I really love that. And I love the idea that you can use discernment and apply this whole idea of is it false or is it true to the stories that are going to be coming at your kids over the internet constantly. Oh my goodness. And not just, not just the kids, but us too. We we've got to do that with the news sources. We get our news from, we've got to ask the question, is this true or are they making this up? Are they just biased? What, you know, what is this? So I think that's really important. And I think family history, teaching, teaching your kids to respect and, and repeat family oral histories, of course, one of the greatest people to ever do that was Alex Haley with uh, his his book, The Roots, which I love that book and read it at least twice and saw the movie, of course. And I actually had a I had a wonderful. Let's see if I can find it real quick on it. Oh, here's my quote from him. In all of us, there is a hunger marrow deep to know our heritage, to know who we are and where we have come from. Without this enriching knowledge, there is a hollow yearning. No matter what our attainments in life, there is still a vacuum and emptiness and the most disquieting loneliness. That's from Alex Haley. Now, I believe Roots was a historical fiction work, but what I loved about that is he drew so much on what he knew to be true about his own family history, and then he embellished that so that it could be... uh, you know, culture wide, that thing impacted all of us. So I love the way he used his ability to tell a story, to take the truth and then make the story something that could be universal. And that would be engaging. And that's the beauty of allowing your young children and older ones too, college kids yeah, to come home and, you know, ask them how their day was, but then draw out the story of their day. Do you remember, I used to get aggravated with you when you would start a story. My sister will back me up on this. And you guys, she would get, my mom would get halfway through her story and we'd be following along waiting for the climax and it would kind of come. And then her story would just be over. And it would turn out, she just telling us about her day. But she told it with such enthusiasm and great adjectives and, and such power that we were expecting like a grand finale and it was just her talking about her day. <laughs> it was so oh, that's funny. We, we, there's a craze for that. It's, it's you in those kinds of stories with, and then I found $5 because there's not really an ending. <laughs> it's just that is funny. a well-told vignette, the moment with no ending. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. Well, that's why we have editors. <laughs> that's right. Well, and practice is good, but I yeah. want to read this verse. Okay. You pulled it, but I was looking through yeah. And I love this in the context of storytelling. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And it's such a perfect tie to kind of bundle up the idea of discernment, processing all the information that comes at us wisely with storytelling, because all stories have a path. They all have a direction. And if you let God be the one who fills your heart with wisdom and directs your path, that's, that's those two ideas of storytelling and discernment all bundled up into a beautiful, true proverb from scripture. Well, I can't tell you how many authors I've heard say, I always pray before I start to type that the Lord will just give me the words he wants on that paper. And, And I have certainly seen that to be true. And I'm sure every editor that ever looked at my books has had the same thought. I better pray here. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with painting. Oh, it's the ear. It's, it's the story. We're done. Oh. <laughs> All 
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang.